listening to the world famous white roof radio webcast number 651 recorded december 10th 2018 brought to you by motoringstripes.com cravenspeed.com and outmotoring.com mini performance speed and style soundmotoring.com Okay, here we go. One, nine, two. Hey, everybody, it's DB in Arizona. With a, clearly, one more episode of White Roof Radio for you guys. Uh, Gabe talked to Pat McKenna at the uh, LA Auto Show. We had to talk about that. So I've got Todd and Gabe with us tonight. This is a this is exciting, DB. This is one more show for this year. But I mean, um, you know, this is we never know when these shows going to come and go everybody should enjoy every single one of them right everybody should enjoy these as they come every delicious morsel and you know what if you're a patreon uh supporter there's like an hour for you guys over there too if you there's really good stuff this if you're not a patreon really good stuff in this one you you need to go become one for just get yourself uh something for christmas go to patreon.com slash white roof radio and subscribe do you mean you mean that that all those stories i just told are on block roof radio Yes, yes, Gabe. All the stories oh. you just told. All right. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. That's pretty good including, stuff. Actually. Including and especially the one that I told you that you were on Black Roof Radio, and you went, "Oh yeah, wait, hang on, gotta hold that one back." <laughs> no, we, no, you tell me that, and I was like, "No, I'm gonna barrel through this because yeah, it's a good story." And yeah, you know, no, I, 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 you know, when it comes down to it, I, I think that sometimes these folks are listening. Everybody's listening, and we're all mini fans, right? And yeah. and I think you know transparency and honesty with with stuff when we're just talking about things we like as fans like that's that's the way to go right yeah that's a that's why i kind of like that's kind of the fun thing about black roof radio i think is because we just talk about stuff at random and whatever comes up comes up and you know and it just works out really nice and we don't have to remember anything you know remember that night that we invented the shuttle cast (laughs) (laughs) Todd's going to have to look for that oh, good footage times. somewhere. Good times. Oof. I wow. actually I stumbled onto a video um, that I recorded on, on God knows what, like God knows when, of 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 me doing the show like 10 years ago. Oh, my God. I remember that video. And that was it, funny. It's hilarious. It's really, yeah. I mean, by hilarious, I mean incredibly professional and impressive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of speaking of lost shows, Gabe, I've got recording of you, me, and I believe it was Matt uh, Adams at the Detroit Auto Show. It was after we left the design party, and um, oh, you really? You still have that? Dude? I, I do. I have audio of us looking for a Taco Bell in the the <laughs> the uh, deepest parts of uh, Detroit night. You know, somewhere downtown. Well, and now, now that that Taco Bell is probably a Shinola. It is, yeah, it is hilarious. That's long. Um, I'm excited wow. to talk about some stuff tonight, guys. Yeah, yeah, there's me too. Some, there's some good stuff. Me too. I got to see Puddle's pity party. I'm pretty excited about that. Want to share that out with the White Refrain listening audience? No, wait, wrong show. Sorry, I don't hang know on. <laughs> Sorry, you lost like forty thousand of our listeners. No, oh, puddles. You know puddles. He's a eight foot tall giant man dressed like a clown, and he sings like uh, b- b- what's his name, Gomer Pyle. It's amazing. Anyway, funny show. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about for reals. Gabe got you guys probably heard it, and if you didn't, go back first. There's a prereq for this show. You need to go back and you listen to Gabe's interview with uh, our good friend Pat McKenna. 
If you haven't listened to that yet, stop. It's the last show in your feed. It's the one directly behind this one. You can't miss it. It's uh, 25 minutes. Go back and listen to it, and then you can come back. Skip ahead to wherever we are here, the 4 minute and 35 second mark. Okay? And then we will continue the show as soon as you're done. Yeah. And for people, for longtime mini fans, you've known Pat McKenna since about 2009 when uh, yeah. he was in product development at Mini USA. And now he's moved on to marketing. He heads up uh, marketing at, at Mini USA. So he's got some, some new insights. And uh, it was a fantastic interview, Gabe. I mean, I thought really insightful. Really I, thought he, I thought he was really open, who was the thing. Yeah, no, he, he was. And I think one of the things that um, I really enjoyed about it, well, his openness, but, you know, Pat like you said, came from product and, and then he subsequently has moved into marketing. So he has a view of the mini world that is, is, is really wider than, um, than anybody w that I could think of internally. So his, his, uh, you know, when he starts to speak about how to market products, well, he actually has the, the, the background and, you know, and, and frankly, like, you know, all of the details and, and all of the war stories around those products, how they came to market, why they came to market, what they had right. to make happen, happen. And so it's it's interesting to me to hear him to speak about the challenges of marketing within that context. One of the things that um, that he said that I thought was, was interesting is that one of the first things he's, he did was a hard top, uh, some hard top creative. So the F56 LCI came out this earlier this year, and they did they did a spot with some yeah you know what campaigns because I don't have bar. I don't have TV and he said that and I wanted to go on YouTube and see if I can find the ads because I've never seen any of that creative. They're so the, I yeah. saw it I think on YouTube or I saw it somewhere and I, I think you're right DB I think there's I think there's something to be said about um, placements etc but we can get into that in a minute but one of the things he said was you know i basically said i want to do a performance story around this car this is the car that we all love you know i don't have one right now i've got a countryman but i that's the car i love like that's the mini that is a mini and um and i think you know he was really excited to sort of uh bring back that heart and soul of the brand into into marketing and they also did some, some countryman spots as well that were a little bit more you know a little bit less about performance more about utility and you can listen to the interview he um paraphrasing here but he was really surprised at how the the hardtop not it just didn't resonate at all while the countryman killed it as far as what people liked about it and responding to it well i and, think it's uh, i think they're discovering it's two different markets they're two different groups of people buying these cars now you know, they're, they're still well, minis. There's still... less people buying the hardtop. And right. I think that's the thing that is, or I should say more people buying the, the, the Countryman. Right. That's, I think, a more of an apt way to look at it. Now, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think I think that's the way he looked at it. And and his response was, it's, you know, it's okay. The the the, the hardtop's going to be okay. His exact words were, it's going to be fine. Um, it's the heart and soul of the brand. It's not going anywhere, which I thought was actually a nice thing to hear. Right. But the countryman is the horse they have to ride right now. It it is, and I think that's where we are in the United States. And and DB and I were chatting a little bit uh, about this. Yeah, before, before you joined us on uh, Black Earth. That um, I think this is. By the way, I think this is the ad that Pat was talking. Some of the creative Pat was talking about second Slack. Yeah. Um. I I think that there's a a number of problems 
in the U.S. DB said one of them is people think larger cars are safer, and yep. uh, that's not necessarily true. Um, I really don't think gas, uh, the price of gas, has as much to do with it as it has in the past, and that's because uh, the larger SUVs now are getting really good gas mileage. They're getting in the high yeah. tw- high twenties now. And everybody, every car gets thirty miles to the gallon, except for like pickup trucks. Well, and you're, I mean, ju- you're the the largest of the SUVs, and, the, and yeah, and the Suburbans and the Escalades and those, right? Or the, or the ultra performance SUVs, the X6Ms and things like that that don't get sure. They're still getting below twenty or right at twenty. But so the big Jeeps. I think even if even if gas prices go up to you know four dollars a gallon again or five dollars a gallon. The people are going to still hang on to for as long as they can, and and still desire those larger vehicles and the trucks, just because of the perceived utility. It still blows my mind because the other day my lady friend and I are driving on the street and we're looking, going, you know what? Everything on the road is trucks and SUVs, but look, there's one person in each one of these damn cars. Yeah. You know why do you need three rows of seating when there's one person driving around in the car? It makes no sense to me. It seems inefficient, unnecessary, and I, I get it if you've got four or five kids and you need those three rows of seats. There, sure. there's, a, there's a very valid point for those in the marketplace. But to right. make you feel big, what what is it? I, I, I don't get yeah. it. I don't get it. No, we, we don't get it, Todd, because we like small cars. Yeah. Well, I like sports so cars. So that's why we don't get it. And we like efficiency and blah, 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 blah. So this is a slippery slope, but yeah. uh, number one, DB, that's not the creative. That was actually um, hit the oh, spot. He was talking about like a 15. There's like a 15 and a 30 uh, actual commercials. But um, the uh, um, the SUV crossover thing, like I, we could talk about it forever. I think the reality yeah. is the marketplace it's is, where it is. veering towards – larger utility driven vehicles and automakers have figured out how to make them moderately efficient moderately quick off the line and you know they're they're okay and, but, and but, people are okay and but, it's it's the new sedan but but step right. back step back of it and not even look at it from a, a consumer standpoint or even an enthusiast standpoint look at it as if you owned one of these businesses because car companies make so much more profit off of an SUV or a truck because there's really not that much more into it than there is a car. There's some more yep. raw materials, but the the cost is so much greater to, for the consumer to buy. Well, and- it's, it's, it's the same reason. So let me ask you, so let, let's, let's go back. This, I'm going to give you a mini analogy. Mm-hmm. The Countryman, first generation, and the Paceman. The Paceman was, what, 2K more? Yeah. yeah, it was actually cheaper to build. Yeah, measurably cheaper to build. Yeah, it was all a perception that, thing. It's all perception. It's all it's all marketing, and so that that is what the car companies are doing with crossovers. So the crossover is 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 bare, like more or less identical to how much a, a sedan costs to build. Um, in some cases, it's more it's less expensive because it's easier to pass crash tests with um, the space that's given. So right. Long story short, um, it's a, it, it, it's obviously it's a it's a just a giant way for automakers to make a little bit more cash, which of course they desperately need. Right. Well, they're making more profit, so they have to sell fewer individual vehicles because the profit margin per vehicle goes up. 
you know, it's like the it's the craft culture of, mm. and really it is because if if you're if you're say making a craft beer, and you guys know this, you go out and you buy a a six pack of craft beer, and it costs you twelve fifteen bucks sometimes, right? right? Or if you can buy just a a major brand beer, and it's going to cost you six bucks for that same six pack, or eight bucks for the same six pack. It's there's a huge difference. Does it really cost them that much more? No, but they don't sell as so much. Actually, of it. some of the smaller craft beer companies, it might cost them uh, more. Yeah, it costs them more. But that just that substantially just more. Yeah. No, but it's it's actually not necessarily true. I know a little bit about this. The ingredients, um, they so there's there's certain hops that they actually have to buy yeah. in some some yeah. scenarios that cost dramatically more but a to, lot more than but what those, yeah. Buying, yeah but, yeah, to, but these, these are, you know so the ingredients are but Todd, I, I understand i understand yeah. your the point. point is to compete in the marketplace is that they have to sell it at that kind of a, a margin because they're only selling uh, right. 100 well, of those six packs whereas budweiser is selling yep. 10,000 of those six packs it, it's funny it's it's funny cuz i never see budweiser yeah anywhere yeah and all i see is craft beer so oh i see it everywhere it's uh i mean i see it for sale i've never i don't see anybody ever drinking it so it's 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 kind of hilarious to me i you know often wonder like who you, actually you, it, Gabe, but... you need to you need to go to places where they actually wear uh, slightly looser pants <laughs> your pants what's that what's that mean oh, oh sometimes i kill me mm. and but it makes it really bad when gabe doesn't get it <laughs> But anyway, anyway, I think the point is that we are where we are in the marketplace and that, uh, at least in the United States, consumers are they, they desire the larger vehicles, the crossovers, the small crossovers. And right now, I think the small crossover market is, is killing it because look at all of the different brands, everybody from Toyota to Land Rover to uh, Honda, they all have this like below something smaller than a countryman even. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. The CR, yeah. not not the CRV. What is it? The uh, HRV, uh, Honda HRV in that size, and Toyota's got. That's one. actually about the size. It's a little bit smaller in the country, but not a little much. bit, a little bit, not much. And or say a Kia Soul, for example. Okay. Um, cool. uh, that's about the size of a country. It is close. It is close, but okay. the perception. I the Kia Soul was a little bit bigger. Anyway. Yeah, I think it is actually. Yeah, uh, and I think it's just the the perception thing. And my fear is this, Gabe, and you may have a little more insight than than me. Is you you look at it, and and Mini is wholly BMW now. Okay, it's you know everything comes from the top. It's I, it's uh, that, you know no not really. Uh, you you'd be surprised. Well, I can a, tell you. From I can a, tell you in a really clear way that they're that they operate independently, and. And they operate with, not to get into the details, Mini operates by by taking BMW, some of BMW's tech, and marrying it with different design and other technology to create the cars they have. So, um, and they and they have to, you know, they have to go their own road, go their own way often. Well, okay. So what what where I was getting to was what my fear is that you look at a company like BMW, who's soon to have eight different models of SUVs. You know, a, a one. They've got one through seven now, and soon to be one through eight. Is that right? An, an X model, uh, an X one. Um, three. They one two three four yep. one two yep, three yep, four yep, five. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they're gonna have eight different SUV models from an X one to an X eight. Okay, mm-hmm. and a couple of variations in between. They've got performance models of that. They've got M level. 
of it and they're killing it in that market they really are that's where their profit comes in is in those cars it allows them to make some really cool you know the the M cars that are you know the full on race street race cars and and things like that because um you know it, it it's a profit center so what i see is are we looking potentially if any someday we'll have three different SUVs and a hardtop you know is the clubman going to morph into something or is there going to be something between a clubman and a countryman like a small SUV or is there going to be something larger than so a country? So I think yeah, I but think now, what they're But now I have to I have to go back though. I have to point you back to Mr. McKenna's interview with Mr. Bridger in the back of the Countryman at the LA Auto Show. In front of the Countryman for the Wh- whichever store at home. Where the the I don't think and I think Pat also doesn't think and I would hope that nobody else at BMW also thinks this. I don't think the mini brand can handle any further skews yep. especially if they're larger. Yeah. No, well, so DB, here's the thing. Um, if you listen to to Pat's comments pretty clearly, right. if if the United States, if if the focus globally was on the U.S. market, the U.S. market could absolutely take a larger mini crossover. Yes. It, it, yeah. It, it would. Which want Pat to. said. Which Pat said, and I agree. Really. However, um, if you read between the lines, you know the U.S. is going to have a hard a hard case to make from a business perspective if sales have fallen because they have fallen to the degree they have and yeah. now suddenly the US which is we at one point was the largest mini market in the world is now like third not or that at all no it's third or fourth right, right? yeah and so if yeah. that's the case then well you know the rest of the market the rest of the the world if the if the the mini range kind of looks correct to the rest of the world then it's probably going to stay somewhat similar to what it is now um, what I think, what I think is going to happen, is I believe that the countryman is going to next generation grow slightly. I think the clubman is going to turn into some type of countryman-esque vehicle, somewhere between where it is now and the countryman. I think so. I would say so. Too. And and I think that I think that you're going to see um, the jury's still out on the on the the, the hardtop. I think it's going to exist. And I think that this this uh, collaboration with uh, this Chinese company is really is really going to be fascinating because, you know, in a sense, BMW has an opportunity to leverage economies of scale to create a smaller car platform that's more suited to the mini brand, yeah. theoretically. And you could have something pretty cool, pretty different, and pretty like mini like. Well, and I hope so. whatever it is replaces the existing four door because well, oh, I think I think it is God, a please. I think that car serves a place in the market right now much like the first generation clubman the r55 served a place in the marketplace but now it's like no i don't feel like it fits that well anymore and if you own a four-door i'm apologies to you i'm not a fan of that car for a lot of reasons i i think it was it, it seems like it was second thought and i know it wasn't but Design-wise of the car, I don't. Li- there's so much about it I don't like. I don't. I don't find it to be much better looking than a Fiat uh, a 500XL. If I'm honest, uh, I think That's it's how ugly. A, I think a, it is. I don't think mm. it's that bad, but I do not I, think it has it real. Looks, it looks out of place. It's weird. Great well, aesthetics. I don't think it's that bad either. But I, I hear you. Uh, certain angles are kind of funky. Um, yeah. But let's so l- l- let's change gears slightly because I think we have we have a pretty interesting. Con- not confirmation, 
the official term is a hint right. at what's to yeah. come for next year. <laughs> a hint. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I have to say this, guys. I'm I'm doing this with an empty cocktail here. So I'm, I'm mine's empty I'm, too, Gabe. Suck uh, it up. Hey, yeah, I've man. still got some. I'm like slowed. I'm I'm getting old. Uh, <laughs> damn it. Well, all right. So I only had a beer. So I had a founders uh, founders. Thank you. Just oh, for you. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Appreciate that. So, okay. We have in 2014. Um, we first published an article. We as in Motorfell around a rumor that Mini was going to be releasing a 300 horsepower yeah. Countryman and Clubman at some point within that model's cycle. Yeah. Over the over the past few years, we've not only talked more about that in detail, we've seen prototypes of this car, and last year we got very detailed information around that car. Then, fast forward, earlier this year, BMW releases the X2 M35i with an engine, uh, B48, just like the My, Minis. Just like the JCW. 300 and two horsepower yeah that is that is our engine so we have now all the detail around this car and all the technical detail around the engine so we know it's coming for sure we got a hint officially if you will um in our interview in in la with mini that it was mm-hmm. coming as well and and so we've kind of put all these pieces together to show you the the reality of what will be Mini's fastest most powerful car ever the 302 horsepower Mini Countryman and Clubman these cars will be uh, from our sources um, that we we uh, across the Atlantic they will be they will debut around the middle of the year they will be in showrooms in the fall they will be automatic only and they well, would, they'd have to be with 300 horsepower. Well, not, not necessarily. necessarily. I have a manual with well over 300 horsepower in my garage, but that's... But but it's I, a real, and it's rear-wheel drive. Anyway, go ahead and continue. I hear you. Well, the, yeah. Well, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. The all-wheel drive, I mean, the... Well, and I say that the Honda, no, the Civic... No reason. The Civic no Type reason. R has 308 horsepower, and it's front-wheel drive. Yeah, there's no yeah. reason for these cars to be all, all you know automatic you know right. theoretically you could do anything but my point is they're coming in the fall they will be automatic only they will be zero to 60 under five seconds these are cars that many of us have wanted for a long time yes they're automatic only you know what this the the the, the automatic they're going to put in these cars the performance that automatic it's really good it's really, really good, and I think it's gonna it's gonna change the minds of a lot of folks out there. I don't know. Is it's it, still gonna be one. No, I, it's not what I would want. No, but you know, because it's gonna be forty five thousand dollars is the problem. It's gonna be a forty five thousand yeah. dollar Clubman, JCW. Uh, why is that a problem? Um, it's not for the me. Average, the average price of a car is well is like thirty seven, thirty eight thousand dollars. No, it's like, it's thirty two right now. No, it's not. The yeah. average price of a car in January two thousand eighteen was thirty seven. Thirty-seven. Okay. Thirty-seven. Kelly Blue Book. Mm. So get it, get the Google out. You'll see it. So the the um, so this is a car at forty-five k for that for that six thousand based on January twenty eighteen data. Yeah. For that performance, it's it's solid. It makes sense. It does if you if you like the styling and you want an SUV. So which I say is great. So now 
begs the well, next. Not necessarily. The cl the clubbing's going to be there as well. Uh, club. Same the same deal. Yeah, but we already know, and I don't think the clubman's not selling now because it's not performance enough. Well, of course not. But I guess right? my point is, like, there's going to be people out there. Listen, if you want to have a high performance mini, and you know you like the larger minis, and you want to the the four door clubman, which by the way, you know, three hundred some horsepower, um, it's going to be really fast. It's it's bigger than a golf R. It's got more utility in it. It's it's better. It's better built. In my mind, it's better designed. It is I and I, this is shocking to people, but it's rated higher quality. Why is that not worth the same? Yeah, I, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I think it's a we're running into perception problems, and this yes. is, this all comes back to marketing though. Is you've got you've got to overcome true. those perceptions of what it is, and uh, you know I, I I know at my local dealer they've sold maybe three, maybe four or five JCW Countrymen total since they've been available. Okay, yeah, it is not a, a great selling car. We sell 30, 30 oh, I want to say between 20 and 30% of the cars they sell every month are JCW hardtops at my dealer. Yeah. Okay, so people who yeah, want the so, per yeah, performance version right. of it, they're buying the hardtop, not the JCW, but I do think there's a market, don't get me wrong, I think there's a market for a performance uh, SUV, and I, I think you start looking at marketing of other SUVs now, and they're all going to the, look at the performance the, you can get out of JCW, this thing. The JCW, yeah, the, the, the countrymen selling, JCW countrymen selling very well from, from what I've heard. So it's it's doing well. The clubbing is not. The clubbing, no. obviously, like no. it, and we always knew it would. It's a, it's a wagon, you know, in right. America. Like, it, we should just all applaud that it's even available. But I, I, but, I suspect that it's selling worse than the Paceman did now. I think clubman numbers have dropped below where the pace. Uh, if you look at the actual numbers, it's it's not that bad. All right. I mean, it was the the pacement was in this, the double digits. Yeah. I mean, it was a that was another echelon. I have a, I have another car that I don't think sold very well because I'm looking around right now on Auto Trader just so you guys are talking about cars that I can't drive, or wouldn't because they're 300 horsepower and that's just dumb. But so I'm looking for a 2015 2017. Two-door Cooper with manual transmission within 500 miles of my zip code, and I found 12. Huh. Yeah. Oh, is, that, is, that, is that high or low? Uh, that's low, Gabe. That's low. Oh, okay. 12. 12 within 500 miles that of That just means it's a rare right car. Now. That's awesome. Well, it yeah, means one. It means two rare. things, but too. But they're all pepper it's... white. And that's also two-door also, by the way. I forgot to throw that in there. I love that they're all pepper white. Well, no, here's the thing I also say about that, Gabe, is one, it's probably rare, but two, the people who own those are keeping them longer. Um, mm -hmm. All the people I know with manual transmission cars are keeping them somewhere along seven to nine years, sometimes maybe ten years or more, if they really like the car, because, you know, they're going to they're gonna last that long. But... Anyway, the whole point is let's let's move it on down the line a little bit. Well, is something else yeah, that that Pat so. something else that Pat said in the interview that he, he was excited about next year's JCW offerings and mentioned the GP. Okay, you know said right. yes, that's confirmed for it. And so twenty. So yeah, and that's another another year down the line. But it begs the question: Is does do you think that GP Gabe you personally do you think that is going to get anywhere near three hundred horsepower? Well, um, I know the answer to that. Okay. We've already published it on Motorfile, in fact. Um, the GP is, the original target for the GP was 280 horsepower. It's a detuned 
B48, yada, 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 the same. Right. That will be found in the Countryman Club. And so it's detuned from that. Um, it will have a fully adjustable suspension. That suspension, the geometry of the suspension, is is supposedly suited to handle the torque steer or, or torque, if you will, of power through the front wheels because it will be front-wheel drive. So it's going to have... It's going to have a 280 horsepower engine, and it will be motivated by, and I hope you're ready for this, an eight-speed automatic. Which, yep. I mean, with, with that much horsepower, it makes complete sense. And uh, and, and here's here's why. As I've driven the and, J, and Gabe, you know from driving the JCW Countryman right now, um, I've driven this for almost three years. And the the F series JCW is very slow to spool up. They basically don't give you any torque in first gear. All of that comes on in second gear, and that's to kind of protect the engine a little bit. And well, the, you, you know what's interesting? That's only on the hardtop. Really? The, yes. The the Clubman you, and the Countryman are dramatically different because they you have, have all wheel drive and you can lay all that torque down at once. Yeah, they actually have. It's it's got two hundred and sixty some foot pound of torque. Yeah, it has so more it's, torque. It's quite a bit more, and they give it to you. And if you look at the curves, they give it to you right away. Um, and you're right. It's because you can. It doesn't matter. You can lay it down all day long. Right. And and in my car, for example, I've got a manual transmission, JCW, and um, you know, you take up. It's terrible off the line. Absolutely terrible, and I don't care how good your tires are, it's going to suck until you get to second gear. Now, granted, you get there pretty quick because the car redlines at, what, 55,000, 6,000 RPMs, <laughs> and um, so you're there pretty fast to second gear, and then it's like somebody hit the, the nitrous button. As soon as you <laughs> jump into second gear, you get all that <laughs> torque, and you literally take off like a rocket once you hit second gear, and you'll pull away from, uh, you know a lot of other cars or, you know, yourself, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, because of that and the way that engine reacts, and this engine is just going to be a modified, the, the GP engine is just a modified version of what's in the existing JCW, they're going to have to use computer technology to smooth that out so it is faster from 0 to 60 right, right. and a true performance so gonna, car. It, so makes, it makes complete sense. That was kind yeah. of the point I was getting to going, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it doesn't, right. doesn't hurt my feelings that it's not going to be a manual transmission. The fact that I don't know how to drive an automatic, you know, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, know. I say that all the time. Yeah. So I, think, so I think that there's a lot of people out there that just, you know, just really may have been sort of saddened by that, that news. And I, and I understand that. I respect that. I think the, the, the question I'd have is, you know, what do they want Mini? Where do they want Mini to go? Because to go further... You're gonna need all-wheel drive. Yeah, that's gonna increase weight and yep. uh, increase price. Yeah. Although it's, I want to say, Mini's gotten to the point now where an automatic transmission is no longer um, a cost option in the top two of the three tiers in a hardtop. It's now a no-cost option. It comes with an automatic for no charge or a manual transmission for no charge, which is interesting to me. And I wonder if that's just kind of the stair step that's getting us to, oh, well, if automatic's no extra charge, we're just going to go and get it. This is kind of a test market for it. And, you know, this this dwindling percentage of cars that are manual transmission DB, as you just have found out, is yep. going to be because of this, that now when you buy a new Mini Cooper, you know, you're not going to pay an extra $2,000 for $2,500 or whatever it was for an automatic yeah, transmission. For an automatic, yeah. So, uh 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. Dis- I'm not disappointed by that fact. Um, I think it's interesting. I wonder if they can exceed that 280 horsepower, because, or is it going to be faster than the 300 horsepower version of the Clubman and Countryman? It's got to be. It's a GP. It's literally got to be faster zero to sixty than both of those cars. Hundred percent, it will be. Okay. I mean, it's it's lighter. Yeah. I think, and that's the thing that is so interesting. Um, I I I drove not that long ago. I drove the, and I wrote it about a motoring file. I drove a a Clubman JCW automatic, and a uh, FX. JCW with the JCW Pro suspension, everything. My car, all the pro stuff. Your car. Yeah. And what was shocking to me was watching that F56 JCW just walk away from the clubman on the straights. Yeah. And, you you know, the clubman, the, the irony of it is the clubman could keep up with it in the corners. All wheel drive because helps. it had such great grip right. and and you could you could put power down more effectively in that car but as soon as you got to the straights at a certain speed it could not keep up with that that little mini and it's it and you know what it is it's weight hundreds I mean, of pounds more in weight yeah when it when it comes down to it you cannot you, you, you cannot overcome a, a weight deficit like that. And so the GP is going to have even less weight. And, and it, it will undoubtedly be the fastest mini around a track. Will it be the fastest mini in a straight line? I I don't know. That'll be interesting. I suspect, it, I suspect it'll be close, and it, mm, it may not be. I don't know. When 2020 hits, we're supposed to have an electric mini, aren't we? Which is going to be fast? The fastest mini zero to thirty miles an hour ever. Well, and there's going to be more than that. So if yeah. you want to hear some, some uh, world, world first, yeah, world first. Is that right? Sure. Why not? Is that right? <laughs> um, first mini is uh, there's there's something else that comes out next year that they haven't been talking about yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the secret of 2019. Mini will, re- Mini will be um, <clears throat> releasing a V2 of the Countryman Hybrid. Okay. So okay. that Hybrid is going to have a uh, more efficient and dense battery pack, likely doubling the current range of the uh, electric. The current range of 12 miles, I think. Or 12 miles. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it depends. I've seen 14. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be closer to 30. So not to say that, that that's a, you know, everybody's like, wait, we were just talking about GPs. Now you're talking about no, hybrid. No, 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 it's fine. Uh, but that's a, it's a fun, it's a fun car off the line. And that to me changes, totally changes the game for that car. Because, you know, at, at 12 miles, I mean, I, if you read the, rev- the review of Motorfile, I was, I was a little like, you know, this is really a great car. Um but even a short commute, it, it's hard for this to make sense. And you have to rethink what it is. And I think a lot of folks just don't really look at a hybrid and say, this is a different type of performance variant. Um, they look at it as like, oh, okay, this is great. So you're telling me it's a plug-in. I never have to like put gas in it. Well, you're going you're gonna to need to put gas in it because it's only got a 12-mile range. On you know, right. the winter, it's even less. Right. Um, but if you get it up to like, 26 or so um that's different like that you could conceivably go 
back and forth to work and just plug it in. And you could theoretically then not put gas in it for many, many months. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, oh, suddenly it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Like this is more or less, it's almost like an electric car. Right, right. Well, it, it, it it's something that, okay, here's, and, and then this will bring us back around so we can wrap it up then, is let's let's look at the the uh the elephant in the room for many right now sales suck okay there's no question about it and pat i love you uh, i know i hope you're listening um yes many sales are only down like three percent year over year but two point something by the way well and they went up a little bit because november numbers came out after you did that and november numbers were down 12 and a half so it kind of made it it it, it pushed it a little bit beyond i think three percent but um anyway my point is that's year over year last year was a shitty year and the year before that was a shitty year it's been his but his point is that the trend if you look at other small car makers i get it they're down even more I get it, but we're looking at a car company where, and I've been around this uh, the the mini business since 2002. I've been around the dealer, and I've been working on the cars, and I know how many I work on, and I know how many I work on now, and it's 30% less since since 2013. Okay, and so everybody in the in the mini business, from salespeople to whatever, are making 30% less money now than they were five years ago. That's a problem. Because we're we're losing good people, you know. Yeah. My dealer used to have like five salespeople, and now they have two. Okay, right. and this is wow. happening all. Yeah. This that's is happening. Rough. This is happening all over the country, and I worry about losing good people. So that's what I'm saying. That's the elephant in the room. I don't think sales are great. They're not like the sky is falling. Oh my gosh, Minnie's going out of business. No, no, don't don't think that's what I'm trying to say here. But they do need a boost and. What's that? What's gonna? What's what's it gonna take to do that? And it's it's multifaceted. And the one thing nobody suggested at this point that I don't think would cost many a damn thing now, and they could start January one, is bring back the three thirty six maintenance, the full maintenance yeah. on this car. And and I, I say that because the the F series, or I like to call the effing generation of mini, <laughs> um, <laughs> this effing generation of mini. Uh, is such a solid car, they're not going to lose that much by offering, by bringing that back. Because it was a selling point for us back in 2002, 2003, when we, we first bought our cars. We're like, yeah, this car's a little bit more expensive. But look, they're giving you three years, 36,000 miles of brakes, oil changes, windshield wiper blades, you know, the clutch if it goes out. All of this is included, and there was peace of mind there going, you know what, I'm getting value for this this money I'm spending here. I don't have to go buy a Hyundai because the Hyundai is five thousand well, dollars cheaper, and they're going to stand behind it for five years. And Mini yeah, is which, like, and and not only that, Todd, but it also kept foot traffic up at the dealerships, right? Yeah, yeah. So people were able to develop a relationship with their with the people at the dealership, or they're buying swag or whatever, right. you know, right? And and that's part of what's they've they've removed a huge social component out of owning the car, and that was hanging out at the dealer. Because right now the maintenance you get with a let's say you buy a, right now a 2019 Mini, you get a a three year man I'm using air quotes here maintenance, which is basically a couple of oil changes. That's that's really all you're getting out of it in in reality. Whereas you used to get wiper blades, you know, and you you bring it in and. Like I said, it covered brakes. No, not many people. But see, the problem is, is Mini got burned from 2007 to 2014 
on really bad build quality. And Pat said that, right? He apologized from mini standpoint. What can can we just take a step back and say how great is that? It and is great. We all know Pat well. Yeah. Yeah. Such a stand up guy. And I think it's really great for people in the mini community to hear what we've always known, which is these these people at this company really care about these products and care about the right. owners. And and it's it's hard sometimes to express that. Yeah. Um, he did it and it's just I think it's just fantastic. And and so he's basically saying, yeah, you know, there were some problems in the second generation. And and you know what? If you didn't check your oil all the time, like, man, you there could you could have had some serious issues. And yes, there's some things that they've done and 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 there's they've many has spent a lot of money fixing people's problems. Did they fix all of them? They did not. I mean, I know there's stories out there that aren't good. And there's a lot um, of angry there's still a lot of angry people and I think And they and they should be. Like it, right. when you lose money, when right. you have a car and you love it and that car breaks down and in 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 a way that it shouldn't and and mini doesn't fix it for you and it's out of warranty and you have to spend, you know, God knows how much money, thousands and thousands of dollars of money that you do or don't have. That makes you pretty freaking angry, right? And 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 you have every right to be right. And I get it. And and Pat even acknowledged that. And more power. And I say, you know, applause to Mini for that, of saying, you know, they acknowledge that there were problems in the, you know, R56 generation of cars. And I say, 2007 to 2014 ish, um, that uh, that I get. But a lot of people are saying it's too little, too late to do that. You know, that's that's factor one. Factor two is. I got to say, the marketing turned a lot of people off in 2014 when Mini turned the corner and said, this is no longer a fun car. This is a sophisticated premium car. We think, and and I'm I'm not saying that sarcastically. I've got the the actual uh, uh, video that Mini released to the dealers of, at the time, the head of Mini USA, David, don't call me Dave Duncan, um, (laughs) said straight out, you know, Mini has got a perception problem. People perceive it as frivolous and goofy, and we're trying to get away from that. So we're they changed the you know the uh, corporate identity, which is great. I I don't have a problem with the, but the new I identity. Think part but of it too is that the, they they also looked at this and said there, there's there's a lot of reasons for it. They needed to increase the unit price of these cars. Yeah, um, because they kind of had to because the cars they spent a lot of money, as but, you heard in the in the interview with Pat, they spent a lot of money making them better, making yeah. them higher quality. And they're like, well, listen, these are going to be priced slightly different. This is now, we. it's hard to argue this is a, not a premium car. It is. And we expect the quality and everything else to be premium. And so they probably had to back into that idea yeah. and say, like, this is premium. I mean, I, I hear you, Todd. I think, but, I think but, you're right. Like, you're right to call it out. And what, and what Pat's – and, But Pat, Pat even came out, out and, too. Yeah, he even called it out and said, listen, this car needs to get back to being fun. We need yeah, to get back right. to making this brand fun. And he gets it. Pat's been around long enough, and he's in marketing. He is the person who needs to get it, and he does. And that's where I have optimism for the yeah. future of the mini brand is as long as people like Pat and you know Andrew are there and, and a lot of people who've been around and, and were there when Jim McDowell was there. Uh, you know, know the spirit of this brand. Let's bring that back. Let's bring back the SUV backlash kind of – well, I, I don't mean that specific. More. I don't mean that specific campaign, but that spirit of that campaign. No, I, I, I no, you're totally right. That, that, that to me, there's something really special about that. Um, can many? Because, and here's the question: 
that was when Minnie had nothing to lose. No, exactly. Right. That's that's when, and th- this is the thing that that it's it's worth us talking about this. That's when Minnie had what? How many dealers? Like not a lot of dealers. Like Fifty. They 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 did their expectation <laughs> yeah, yeah. of selling. Like they they thought maybe they'd sell fifteen thousand cars a year, and they just thought we have nothing to lose. We are going to go at this hard, and it may turn people off. It may turn people on. We'll figure it out. Um, and now they, they started off got, the second year and they sold forty thousand cars. They've they've got they've got a lot there that they need to sort of take care of. And so, from a marketing perspective, um, I you know it's sometimes it's hard to get back to that. I I think it's cl- clear to me that they sh- they they can yeah and they should go in some type of direction that elicits a response like a, an emotional response from people who haven't bought their cars before well and um, yeah the common theme i hear from people gabe and we've been hearing this for the last five years is that um you know mini is a fun car there's a spirit there that's good let's bring that back let's let's not mm-hmm. forget who it is you know as a car company and you know i hope they get back to that because I want to say they've almost got nothing to lose at this point, too, because it's become just another car. They've kind of, uh, you know, homogenized mm-hmm. it into, like, we need to make this market-driven. And so well, we need to compete. Another, I, I don't know if I agree. I mean, I think I think there's no car that many sells today that feels like just another car. Well, I, the marketing feels like that's sure. what they consider it, and that's yes. what I'm saying is, sure. is, is Maybe. from that line. Because I think Mini is still the better, you know, one of the best cars you can buy out there, especially for the money right now. And that's a tough sell, I think, to a lot of people. One, you know, we've got all the things, like we said, bad, bad, you know, re- uh, uh, reliability reputation, and it's expensive. So it's like, eh, I don't know. But I think the enthusiast community is coming mm-hmm. back. I think we're there's like a new. I hope so. New I, I don't think they're coming back yet, but I think they're listening. Well, no, I think it's a re- not the same. It's not the same community, but there's a, a resurgence of there's a new community. People yeah, who yeah, don't. Yeah. Okay, I know where you're going with yeah. Yeah, you know, people who weren't around who were just like they're coming into this, going, I love this brand. It's awesome. They yeah. could, and 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 many I think should take hold of that and go. We need to coddle this because it's what made it the company great from 2002 to 2013. Yeah, I think that's really well said. I think I think that there is there is something there that they need to look at clearly. I think one of the things that's difficult is um, the fact that the 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 brand the the folks who had been such a big part of the brand from a sort of a ground you know sort of ground level for years are have have been aging yeah and i mean you know listen i know we're very young i mean we're hey speak for yourself bridger whatever (laughs) he's got great he's got grandkids now (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing I will never have um, I will never have grandkids. My dog has been fixed. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, but in all seriousness, I think I think you know the the, the the I I think that there's some there's a perception to some degree. I think there's a little bit of a perception problem at times um, from many and from us because there's an entire generation or two that is engaging with these cars and this brand in a different way right and they todd to your point they they love it like if you go and 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 spend some time on instagram and just 
just basically like kind of bomb around various um, hashtags and various right. various handles, you will see it. There's a an enthusiasm about this brand hashtag, these cars. Hashtag that, mini love is a good one. Yeah, that is that is everywhere, and and I think that for those who are saying, oh, the brand's dead, this is that. You, 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 no, no, you just actually lost touch with where it is now. Right. And it's not to say it's even in a bad place or a good place. It's just, it's evolving. Like everything is evolving. Right. And uh, like I said, I think it needs to, they need to find that core. And, and, and Pat even said that also in the interview. He's like, we need these people. We need to know what it takes to make these people evangelists again. We, they, they, yeah. Because so, Mini, yeah. as a small company, and that's kind of – and to kind of wrap it all together, Mini is a small company. They don't have a huge, huge, huge marketing budget to do it, and the customers are their most valuable assets in that, you know, sharing the love and telling your family and friends and, you know, people at the gas station about your car. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so I think that's a really, really good point. Um, that – uh, he, he even closed with not you know necessarily closed but like h- how does many capture that like h- how can we leverage the enthusiasm from owners in marketing and to me that's such such a great question yeah and it's one that he he wanted to hear like and I, I mean obviously like that was in the moment where I'm gonna just like spout out ideas but like that I think that the point there is that everybody listening many wants to know how to do that they they're open to ideas yes. you got ideas figure you know put 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 a comment in in whatever leave a comment in the show notes try not to leave a comment in facebook because we no, have a hard please time don't yeah. those. please don't um honestly with the facebook, also, facebook will also, commenting all over the place facebook will also take that comment and somehow own your children so don't do that <laughs> <laughs> i want you guys to click over to whiteroofradio.com once you leave it in the show notes i want you to click over to motoringfound.com leave a note in the show notes i want you to ping us on twitter either white roof radio or motoring file leave us a message on instagram we really don't care just or just send us an email can i can i, can I get on a soapbox feed, email us feedback at whiteroofradio.com can i get on a soapbox for a second sure oh, quick, don't quick. don't you you read i i i see you you read motoring file. I see you. I see yeah. you. I see your data. I see the data. You read, and then you go to Facebook and 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 comment. Stop that! Don't no. So and, and it's not. Here's the deal. It's not that I have some sort of like ego-driven desire to see comments on motoring file. Although there probably is subconsciously something there. But yeah. in all seriousness, um, that's really weird because you you realize they're 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 tracking you right like they're totally tracking you <laughs> i'm not tracking you uh, right now and google ads on my site they're tracking, tracking you they're tracking yeah. you that's true but they're not reading what you say and they're not taking that and then trying to market that to other companies that then market shit to you in all the other channels right you know who else isn't reading you know who else isn't reading your comment when you're on motoring but when you're on facebook gabe the nice folks at Mini and BMW. That's true. Because they're all they over read, the place. Yeah. They read all the comments on motoringfile.com. So it makes it less work for them when you guys leave comments not on motoringfile.com. So really, you're just making more work. But they don't see the words you post on the internet unless you do it at motoringfile.com. That's actually, DB, that's a, that's a better point. And I think it's, I think it's again, it's like I, I, I say this with with the the notion in mind that like i i just want people's good ideas to yes. be seen by many yes yeah 
stop commenting on Facebook for this stuff. Leave it with us. Trust me. They listen to the show. Hi, guys. They read motoringfile.com. They do. For reals. We're not we're not saying that because we want for, you guys to leave more comments. Who, but we're saying that because they've actually told us. Oh, yeah. I, start right who, I listen to you know, read motoringfile.com. Those who missed the Black Roof Radio earlier, um, that was that was a that was a part of the conversation. I mean, I, I spoke with the, the guys from Mini today about um, about stuff on motoringfile.com. And and again, you know, to your point, like the 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 world of Facebook is a crazy weird world. The world of you know all these social media, it's it's stuff that is important, but they're going to be more clued in to these channels. Yes, yes, Facebook is a lie. <laughs> uh, I still I got a new phone. I got a new phone a couple weeks ago. Um, and I only got a new phone because I I broke my previous phone for the second time in eleven years. Did you get a ten S plus? No, no, no. I just got a replacement for the ten. It's the first time I haven't bought a new phone in eleven eleven years. Yeah. And um, my point in saying this is that I have yet to log into Facebook on my phone. Good for well, you. I went a full year on my phone before I finally had a breakdown and put Facebook on it. Yeah. I, I it's, it's on there because I just, I, I just backed up from my previous, but I haven't logged in. And I'm like, I, I'm going to try so hard not to do it. I, I mean, I, you want a year? That's a that. year, but then what motoring file and white roof radio made me put log in Facebook. So, yeah, I had to do it. I have things on there. Um, yeah, around the sites, but that, yeah, that's a, so anyway, yeah. we've, we've, done. yeah. We've devolved. So this means it's a really good time. I want to, we're gonna do we're gonna do something that I don't do very often. It is the last show of the year. What I want you to do, you ready for this, guys? I want you to click just click over the show notes, okay? Because there's gonna be a link in the show notes for cravenspeed.com, outmotoring.com, detroittune.com, and motoringstripes.com. Okay? Simple. You got Christmas stuff. Oh, speaking of Christmas got, stuff, we have Christmas ornaments over at motoringstripes.com now. See, and there's Christmas there's Christmas ornaments. Todd's doing free shipping. Chad's doing free shipping. Aaron's doing free shipping. Depends on what you guys buy. I'm sure Craven's doing free shipping. And plus, they're doing giveaways on stuff. I don't know if you guys get the emails from Jeremy at Craven Speed, but it's like going, dude, I don't want to buy something. Sell me that. And I forgot <laughs> what it was, but it was really super cool. Yeah, yeah. They're giving away free stuff when you buy like $75 worth of things. Right, outmotoring.com. He is got specials working like it changes daily. So you have to just click over to outmotoring.com. He's still got the doorbuster sales going on. Get over there, get stuff, do it quick because if you wait too long, it'll come after Christmas and then you won't have anything fun to put under the tree. Yep. Right. Outmotoring.com. Also, uh, outmotoring, Gabe didn't Aaron just put a post up on motoring file recently? He did. Uh, yes, it was a, sort of the uh, Black Friday post. Oh, that's right, it was. Yes, tons of stuff there. Tons of stuff there. I want you to go over there and check. We we love outmotoring.com. So do you guys. We love cravenspeed.com. So do you guys. Why do we love them so, Gabe? Why do we love them so? Well, I'll tell you why. I mean, number one, if you want to get affordable products from around the world, you have no better place than outmotoring. Correct. Let's just start there. You can yes. get OEM stuff. You can yes. get stuff, great third-party stuff. Yes. Um, they are the Amazon 
of the many worlds. Yes, I like that. So except except they're family owned and and yes. owned by like the best people in the world. So yes. go and do business with those guys. They're awesome yes, and they great. They 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 offer great products. And I'm sure Aaron's so, going to need a oil change in his uh, Aston Martin pretty soon. He, he will. <laughs> he will. And, 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 and before you make assumptions, it's not like a brand new one. It's like one oh, that he's like he's working yeah. on. It's awesome. So yeah. then Craven Speed is amazing because they're just geniuses. They yeah, they have so they just smart. invent they just invent stuff oh, and they invent stuff that that when you see it you're like oh my god I've that's I didn't know I wanted that or needed it but that's what I've been wanting that's exactly, exactly the thing I've been thinking about so and the, again same thing uh, owned by great people like the stuff is made by great people this is not some sort of nameless entity somewhere um, this is this is another part of the mini community go support these guys they're awesome. Yes, thank you, Gabe. That was exactly perfect. Not only what Gabe said, but both Craven Speed and Outmotoring have been supporting us and the Mini Cooper community uh, at large uh, pretty much since 2003. Isn't that amazing, by the way? That's a long time. Well, Aaron's been, I know Aaron's been around longer than since long Aaron, since people were. Aaron uh, Craven started, Speed started about 2005, I think. Yeah, they were not far behind. Aaron started um, right around when Motorfell started. And he was my first. Uh, it sounds strange to say this, but he was he was the first advertiser on the site. Um, and so, in that respect, he's been sporting uh, motoring file. He's been sporting um, other elements of of you know events and and every part of of you know really the mini community for a very long time. Extremely um, good folks all around yeah. both those companies. Yeah, exactly. Go check them out, please. Outmotoring.com, CravenSpeed.com. Go over and check them out. Todd's got Christmas ornaments at Motoring Badges. And, really? And free shipping with $25 with the code FREE. That's all you got to do. Spend $25, you put in the code FREE, you get free shipping. Free shipping. Dude, rad. Nice. What's and that? don't forget, uh, just make sure you're following Detroit Tuned on all the socials because Tad's been posting pictures on Instagram. Uh, cool specials they got going on over at the DT. Detroit tuned.com do not forget please at the very least i'm sure you know somebody who needs a space saver spare and a, a bag made by mom right hmm. free holiday shipping november 21st until january 1st for orders over 130 dollars in the continental united states that's at detroit tuned go we have lots of options for you to spend your money at please Start out motoring or Craven Speed, then move on to motoring stripes and Detroit Tuned, if you'd be so kind. I would love that very much. And so would our sponsors. Anyway, well, gentlemen, yes. this is an amazing show. Last chance. It's Tell been, me once. It's been great. Yeah, no, twice. Said it all. Awesome. This, ladies and gentlemen, will be the final show for 2018 underneath the white roof. Thank you again for an amazing year. I hope you guys enjoyed all the Black Roof Radio. If you want to support us uh, and help us out in 2019, uh, if you'd be so kind, click over to patreon.com forward slash white roof radio, uh, like a buck a show. Get, it doubles your content every month. You get your own private feed, the whole bit. Um, and it just helps us do more cool and better things. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but go check it out. And if you are like bicycles, go check out RideBikesRadio.com as well. Uh, Brian Dallas and I, we talk about bicycles and beer whenever we get around to it. It's actually a pretty fun show too. Go check it out, RideBikesRadio.com. Thank you very much. Otherwise, uh, for 2018, I think we're done. Last chance. One more last chance. That's it. 
Let's get done. This Thanks, is part guys. of the show then, gang, where I do like to make that funny clicking sound. And then I say, questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead, click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave us a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback at whiteroofradio.com. Till next year, gang, this is DB. I'm done. Cheers. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. Happy December 26th.